All right, welcome back to Indie Worldwide. Today we're talking to Ganesh from AI Hello. Um, they're already profitable at over 15,000 in MRR. They're growing fast, 40% um, month over month growth. They've got a fully remote team of 13 and they're planning to scale immensely in the next two years. So if you want to find out how they're planning to get to 150 million um, in valuation in just the next two years or how they got to the 15k MRR that they're at now profitable with a team of 13 well you're just gonna have to stay tuned and find out let's get into it all right well welcome to Indie Worldwide we have with us Ganesh uh, founder of AI Hello how's it going Ganesh hey Anthony how's it going can you give us just like in a sentence what is AI Hello what are you guys working on so we automate the PPC for Amazon because uh, running your e-commerce store on Amazon is a really big pain. You know, um, there's more competition. And if you put up ads, you know, it takes a, a significant portion of your budget is taken up by ads uh, at mm. the bids. So what we do is we predict what your bid is going to be for a keyword and how much is your profit. And based on that, we make a reasonable bid for your products. So this is for store owners on Amazon selling direct, like advertising directly on Amazon. You're going to improve their ads. That's correct. Yeah. We improve the air costs or the ROS. Right on. When did you start working on this? When did you launch? We launched approximately a year ago. Uh, the initial few months was just, you know, select sellers that were interested in us. And uh, before that, of course, we were more into, you know, uh, warehousing and shipment. But we jumped on this PPC because it was a really big pain even for us. We sell on uh, Amazon and ads mm -hmm. are really, you know, a big pain. So we decided to jump on it last year. You know, we uh, published a few sellers on it. Uh, and then we really went, you know, full, uh, full, full speed in the Jan of uh, 2021. What's your revenue right now, roughly? Uh, my revenue is roughly around 12 to 15,000 uh, because we, you know, um, we have a different modes of revenue, different currencies of revenue. You know, we, uh, we also published on AppSumo. We uh, get money through PayPal. We get money through Stripe. Um, uh, so roughly, I would say, you know, and we have different currencies as well. So USD, Euro, mm. Canadian dollar. So roughly, you know, we would say, you would say we're around 15K. 15K USD. Um, that's excellent. For one year, how big is that team? Uh, roughly around 13 people. Uh, we have three people on contractors. We have two salespeople. We have, you know, a backend, uh, two frontend guys, uh, me, including full-time. Uh, we have a Are AI you profitable intern. right now with 13 yes, people and 13K? Yes. Where's your team sure. based out of? Yeah. Uh, my team is based out of Vietnam. Uh, a lot of them are based out of India. Two are from US. Uh, uh, most of the you know the, the salespeople work on a commission basis. There's a, a small mm -hmm. amount of base pay, uh, but we work on commission basis. But the last few months we have been uh, as we expanded, you know, our revenues has gone up uh, considerably. Uh, we have been growing you know, in the last six months uh, at a bare minimum of forty percent to sometimes you know up to five hundred percent per month growth. That's excellent. You you're really a global team too. Um, yes, for sure. How did you go about recruiting people from all those different countries? Uh, the good thing about the back end and the front end devs, you know, um, hiring tech people is really the hardest thing, you know, that, uh, and I say it as a, as a, you know, uh, as a dev. Um, so these two people were someone that I worked with before. Um, they mm -hmm. are, you know, ex-IBM engineers, someone uh, that I worked with before, uh, someone that I know for a lot, lot of years. So they have been helping me for the last one year build this. Um, the, the salespeople is someone I recruited of AngelList. Valid. Is, where are you like finding the people though? Are you going on Upwork or are you, you like putting out job ads? 
the in what we do is we I try to do something different. Um, I try to get you know interns and get them to work with us for a couple mm. of months, and uh, I pay them you know like uh, whatever they want you know for the internship. And once the internship is over, you know, if if you have four or five interns, then I choose the the best one among it, and then I make them a job offer. It's like, would you like to work with us, you know, for full time? And uh, I usually know at this point of time, I'm comfortable working with them, and I know what their work style is like. And most of the time, they say yes, they're happy to work with us for a full time. So I think a significant, you know, recruitment came from our internship program. And um, I know a lot of companies really struggle with recruiting with managing. Um, remote yeah. teams are there any is there anything you've learned so far about how to make a remote team work well together how do you deal with the, all those different time zones um, I you know with a couple of uh, weeks back we just finished installing our open source software on our team you know that helps you track the time so you know users can go in and choose what customer they're working on and how much time they are building it so tools like this has definitely helped. We, you know, we went from Slack to Microsoft Teams. That also really helped. What's helped. the name of that open source tool real quick? It's called Kimai, K-I-M-A-I, Kimai. All right, cool. Uh, I'm very budget conscious, you know, as you must have realized. I try mm -hmm. to spend, you know, as little money on software as possible. And we also have Google startup programs. So what we get is we get almost indefinite, you know, infinite um, uh, CPU and, you know, virtual machines. So any software that I want, you know, I try to find a self-hosted one, put it on there, you know, uh, put up Let's Encrypt and try to run it on my own. So Kima is something I install on my computer and I give it out to all the, you know, uh, to all the employees nice. and they, they can track the time over there. Is there a time limit on those credits? You get like a year, right? Or or is it um, yes. to use them? It's a, it's a year, but we got an extension, you know, for one Ooh. more year because we our revenues were growing. And we spoke to the Google Cloud, and then we decided to extend it by one more year. We don't really need that much resources. They gave us, you know, 120k per year. Uh, we use roughly 40 to 60k. Solid. So, what happens after that? I guess you need um, your revenue to be at least that much by the time your credits end, so that you can keep paying the bill, right? It's going to be a significant chunk of our revenue. So I assume it's going to be 1,000 or 2,000 dollars per month for hosting. Um, mm -hmm. Close to, you know, half of it is because of our AI platform runs on a GPU. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a huge amount of CPU and GPU being utilized. So I'm dreading the day when the credits run out. So, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I try to, you know, forget about it. It's just like that, you know, I, I don't think about it right now. How does, so to dig into the AI a little bit, are you running, is this like a custom model you've built? Are you using GPT-3? What's going on under the hood? So it's mostly a time-based forecasting because uh, we, you know, we have keywords and then we predict what is going to be the uh, the bid for the keyword in the future. So it's all mm -hmm. number-based. Uh, so you know, plain uh, LSTM. We used um, uh, the the best, you know, resource tool that we used was the Facebook Profit uh, that did a you know really good. And based on that, we used um, LSTM as well. So we put a competition for both of it for each of the client and see which one performs the best. What does um, LSTM stand for? It's a long short term memory, uh, okay. so it's able to predict the you know the uh, the future really well based on you know uh, there's a more weightage given to the short term memory, and there's a bit of a weightage given to the long term memory. So based on that, it can you know it can create patterns. If if there's a keyword you know for example snowshoes, then it knows that during mm -hmm. the winter you know it is going to go up, and during the summer it's going to go you know the trend is going to go slightly down. But were your data sources that you pulled in to be able to make these predictions? Uh, we have been selling on Amazon for quite a, some time, and uh, what happened was in the initial few months, uh, mm -hmm. I published this uh, app for a really low price, and I almost gave it away in AppSumo, so we had plenty of users, and our machine kept learning from them. 
uh, and as we built up the trends, you know, we, we have a wisdom of crowds. So based on this, because our rough GMV right now is the amount of orders that uh, flows through our system is around $180 million worth of goods. Uh, wow. So as we learn, you know, from this, as the system learns from this, it becomes smarter and smarter. So any keyword you throw at it, it can give you, a, you know, a reasonable forecast, a reasonable, you know, accurate forecast of how much it's going to be, what is the seasonality going to be for that keyword. So the more customers you have, the better predictions you can make. And it, the better it is for the customers themselves. That's a really great moat, like a really great flywheel for your product. The more customers you have, the better the product is going to be. The more customers yes. you'll gain. For sure, for sure. And I hope, you know, it never ends because uh, as, as more and more customers come in, you know, we don't want to keep it as a niche, you know, just for some mm -hmm. sellers. We want to kind of democratize this whole AI process that people can come in and can know if this keyword is going to be profitable or not before they start selling. You know, if it's an ad network, they don't tell you if this keyword is, is going to be profitable or not. You, you spend some money and then you learn. But on the other hand, what we do is using AI will tell you how much money you're going to spend and how much you're going to sell for the future. So you can decide if you want to sell this product or not. It really sounds like um, you're giving your customers an unfair advantage here. Like people who use your software are going to have such yeah. a better visibility on their, their ads, such a, a better idea of what's going to work or not without putting that yeah. money in that front. For sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I hope these, you know, the unfair advantage keeps on continuing for all these uh, users. You know, there's never we've been the exclusivity around it. Uh, so we don't want to, you know, go down the path of exclusivity. We just want to make it, you know, um, mm -hmm. open and democratic. So any customer that comes in, they can get a visibility into how their products are going to perform. You'd have to charge a customer so much more for exclusivity. Um, yep. Definitely doesn't feel like the right move. Yep, for sure. Yeah. When we started off, we, we started off really, really cheap. You know, it's embarrassingly cheap. Um, mm -hmm. And then we realized that we kept on pushing the prices because, you know, our GP prices went up and we are dreading the inevitable moment, you know, when we're going to lose the Google credit. So we have to keep on pushing the right. price. And we realized that people are happy to pay, you know, as long as we serve a purpose to them. Yeah, I guess basically Google was subsidizing your price at the beginning, right? Because the, yes. the compute was free, but... Yeah. You cannot, soon you have to pay for it. So it has to be profitable to make, to do yeah. every query. Otherwise, um, that's not a great yeah. business. Um, sure. How did yeah. you grow at the beginning? Was it all AppSumo? Did you have other channels? Uh, we got really, you know, um, kind of lucky. So we got published on the Amazon App Store. Um, mm -hmm. I think 80 Ooh. to 90% of our traffic, traffic comes from Amazon App Store. And mm -hmm. we got really good reviews on Amazon App Store as well because we gave it at such a low price point. You know, and then uh, we were on one-to-one -one basis with all the customers. We'd get on a call with them. Uh, so they'd leave us good reviews as well. And as the reviews picked up, you know, as the App Store picked up, we got a significant chunk of it. We're also trying to get into Google Ads right now. But, um, you know, we are an ad optimizer and we are trying to get into yeah. Google Ads. So it seems kind of ironic. Uh, it's not working as well as we want it to be. But, you know, hey, that adds. Um, so a couple points I want to dig in on there. We'll get back to the Google Ads bit. But first, um, the Amazon store, how did you, how well do you rank on that store? And what are the factors that have led you to, to do well there, do you think? So the ranking in Europe, in India, in Asia, we are really at the number one position. Uh, we are really at the for, top. For what section or uh, keywords? In, uh, in Amazon advertising, you know, like a, in mm -hmm. the category. Uh, regardless of, you know, if you just open it up in organic, if you check the category, um, Amazon advertising. So we're really at number one. Uh, in US, I think we're at number three or number four. 
in terms of you know in terms of ranking the amazon app store is a bit different when it comes to the sellers it's not the usual you know um, app uh, store or the mm-hmm. amazon.com so they have a separate you know store built for just for sellers um so one thing that helped us for the ranking was getting you know excess number of users in the initial few few months so really low you know price point uh, really personal touch to all the customers you know helping them solve a real problem that helps us get good reviews and just kind of like incremental improvements and you climb climb yep. up the ranks so maybe give us an idea how much traffic does being say number 3 in the USA drive yeah what how, how many um, like clicks are you seeing from that how many new signups I, it's embarrassing. I don't check how many clicks. I check how many people sign up. Uh, That's fine. And uh, I used to check, you know, how many people sign up. Right now, I just check how many people pay. Um, mm-hmm. So roughly, you know, around nine to ten people sign up every single day just from the Amazon App Store. And uh, on an average, you know, one person starts paying every day. Right on. So about ten percent conversion from people that actually check, like. So you have a free, is it like a freemium model? Is there a free version? And then you convert from there or what does your pipeline we, look like? We used to have a freemium model. So our pricing has changed considerably over the last few months. Uh, we used to have a freemium model. So right now we are completely off the freemium model uh, from September. And what you do is, you know, you, you log in, you, you, uh, you pay the credit card, uh, and then we start optimizing your uh, campaigns. This helps us, you know, keep the serious people in. Uh, I know the, the common uh, wisdom is that Give a free trial and then see if, if you like it. Uh, but because we have to give a personal, you know, attention to the people, mm-hmm. and what we notice is the freemium model gets a lot of people who are not interested. You know, a uh, lot of the time people want a job in Amazon warehouse, and they would, you know, register on us and they say, "How do I get a job?" They would get on a call and how do get a job. So we notice that you know, if you, if you ask for a payment upright, you know, upfront, mm-hmm. uh, then it gets us the right person that are really interested in our product. Yeah, I think that's a great way to filter at the beginning. You're really not interested in people that can't afford your product. Those aren't your customers. And their feedback yeah. is um, useless at best, dangerous at worst. Um, yeah. So good on you. Um, making that filter up front, saving yourself time. Yeah, for sure. You know, I agree with you. And the common wisdom on the internet, whether I read from VCs or whether I read from you know um, entrepreneurs is... Uh, uh, give a free trial, you know, let the people test it out. Uh, that is, you know, like they always insist on that. And my answer is, you know, it depends. It depends on your product, you know. Uh, for everything, you know, there's a truth and there is, you know, the, a different kind of truth, you know, that fits you. So yeah. uh, for us, the free trial didn't, you know, is, is not suitable because we want mm-hmm. quality customers who can afford. So we're really at the premium, you know, uh, level right now where we charge, you know, a, a bare minimum of $500 a month. So we want to make sure that the people that we talk to are really, you know, have real problems that they are facing. I think that's where you want to be. You're a B2B product. You're selling to businesses. If your copy yeah. is good, they know what they're getting into. Um, they really don't need a, a free trial to figure out if your product is something they could use or not. Not for yeah, your business. For sure. Yeah. So they should know the pain point themselves, you know, before they click on the register button. Yeah. I, it, Free trial, I feel like, makes a lot of sense if you're like prosumer or consumer facing, yes. um, yeah. and you're going for a broad market. Your audience is so specific; there's really no reason reason to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good part actually. If your audience is specific enough, you know, you can put a credit card as a filter and make sure that you know yeah. you get the right customer in. Um, maybe we can circle back to the Google Ad stuff. So you are yeah. a PPC company. You're trying to improve ads for people on Amazon. Um, yeah. How are you thinking about your own ads? Um, 
we try to publish on Google, you know, and we try to publish on um, uh, on Facebook. Um, what what I do is I calculate what is the long term value of a client, and I see if I can you know get um, people for less than that amount on Google Ads. Um, mm-hmm. It it did work out, you know. We 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 find you know for thirty to forty percent of our LTV, we're able to find customers on Google Ads. Uh, unfortunately, more time needs to be spent, and in bootstrap startups like ours, you know, like it's um, always a time scramble, and uh, it looks like you know we're doing everything right, but once you step into the company, you know, I, I hate to admit it, things are everywhere. You know, like uh, we have to focus on Google Ads, we have to focus on Facebook Ads, we have to focus on our yeah. specialists, we have to focus on the sales team, and. Uh, it looks like I'm doing 12 different things at the same time. So Google Ads is something I said and I forgot about it. Uh, I'll, I'll revisit it you know, when the time is right. But it's not optimized at all. If you're making um, sales at like 30% LTV, that, that's pretty solid. You're making um, a healthy profit on those um, sales, assuming that you can profitably service those customers. For sure. But it's also, you know, the complexity is because we cater to worldwide. You know, we cater to India, we cater to Europe, we cater to the mm-hmm. U.S., uh, I haven't broken down on Google Ads, like what kind of customers sign up and what is the real LTV. Because the full LTV of an average customer on you know, on our product is 450. Uh, but for different countries, it's different. For Europe, it's slightly higher. For US, it's slightly lower. And for India, of course, it's maybe $100 for $120. So you have mm-hmm. to break it down by country and then you have to check on Google Ads if you're spending that much for that particular country. So there's a bit of a finesse involved in it, which you know I haven't reached at this point of time. Would you be able to extend your Amazon product in order to also write your Google ads for you or your Facebook ads? It's something that I thought about. It's, it was something on our roadmap, but we decided to take a different route you know, for Google mm-hmm. ads. Uh, we don't want to optimize Google ads because Google already has some kind of automation built into it you know, where it can mm-hmm. uh, reduce and increase. Uh, I don't know how well it works, and I've never seen anyone use it. Uh, but that was someone on a roadmap, but that's not something, you know, we were going to build with something we abandoned. Yeah, it seems like regardless, it would take you some time to build that expertise that you already have for Amazon in order to be able to build a product that works there. But it yeah. does seem like a natural progression for your product over time once you've grown to a certain size in, within Amazon, which is already a yeah. very large market. Um, yeah. You have these other ad channels that you could potentially be working on, or maybe just buy somebody else that's already doing it. Once, you have yeah. that, once you're ready to expand and conquer. For sure. We have enough data to do even for Google Ads. So it's something we could look into it. But right now, our hands are full with just the customers that we're getting. You know, honestly, we're getting so many customers every single day uh, that mm-hmm. it's getting hard to manage them. So once we're saturated with Amazon, just like what you said, we might look into Google. Um, so speaking of expanding and conquering, what are your goals for, the, for this next year? Well, we have a two-year plan. And uh, the two-year plan is to bring the valuation to $150 million. It's, uh, it's in a sad way, it's become a, like a, a personal vendetta. So it, we, we want to be at a $150 million valuation in two years, and we're pushing for it. So far, we are on track. Uh, but I think I'll take a breather when we reach this $150 million valuation. Um, so 5x multiple on ARR, is that how you're calculating that? I did a 15x multiple on a ARR. It depends on the goal, right? I mean, yeah. So does that sound reasonable based on your, you know, uh, potentially it depends on your growth numbers, how fast you're growing. Yes. What is your, yeah. so f- do the math for me. What's uh, 150 divided by 15. Is that like one, three? 1 million or 10 million? No, three. No, it would be, um, yeah, three, right? Yeah. 3 million, 3 million AR and then what, like 200% growth or something like that. I'm not really sure. 
per year. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm shooting for. Actually, we're looking for 4.3 million um, uh, ARR, and with our growth rate, uh, we plan to be around 150 million, roughly 150 million, 132 to 150 million. So, how are you gonna? How do you think that you'll hit those growth numbers? How are you gonna be growing like 100 to 200 percent per year for the next two years? Where is that per month actually? It, I think it would be around uh, 200% per year growth. Okay. Uh, what we're targeting right now is uh, we're targeting at least 20% month-on-month growth. Uh, but so far, we've been growing 40%. And internally, our plan is to uh, reach out to the higher value customers and you know move up the value chain. And what we want to do is we want to absolutely reach the 4.3 million ARR by next, uh, you know, within two years. Uh, so once we reach that and with our you know, consistent growth, we should be able to reach a valuation. So valuation is something that we can't decide, you know, we, we can't control, uh, but definitely the AR, uh, the annual revenue is something we can control. So we're trying to reach, you know, the four to five million uh, annual revenue uh, within September 2023. That's our kind of our hard target that we have set. Right on. Do you have um, an exit strategy in mind? Um, why that figure? Um, yes. Yep. So what what I want to do is because it's something that you know at this point of time what I want to uh, what, I, what I'm thinking is either exit this business you know by selling it to mm-hmm. um, some kind of a company we we already in touch with some of the company but it's too premature to even talk about it uh, but at this point I uh, I think it might be too optimistic to talk of, talk about it but uh, yes definitely you know sell it off to some some company that might be interested in buying us makes perfect sense I could totally see you being acquisitioned um, I could also yeah. see you getting to those um, figures that you're trying to get to, um, raising some capital through debt or through venture, and then buying up other ad sellers and becoming the, becoming the monster. Yep, for sure. So the reason why I didn't fully think of acquisition is because we're growing so fast. I'm very optimistic about our growth. Uh, you know, I mean, right now, this company feeds around 13 employees, and we're all happy with it. And, it, you know, it pays my bill. It's more than... Is 85%, you know, is a profit margin after paying off everything. Uh, wow. So I'm happy I'm making a change. You know, I'm happy, you know, we are, we are supporting so many people and I'm, uh, I work from home. You know, it's an easy job. Sometimes uh, I take a RV, you know, and I, I work from the, you know, from the remote places. So I'm pretty happy with everything. So it's, it's a, if I, you know, if I decide to put it up for acquisition at the end of two years, it's going to be, you know, kind of a life-changing experience for me. So I still haven't enough confirmed to it. Yeah, I mean, those are really solid numbers. You're growing gangbusters. Uh, looks like you're really doing amazing. It sounds like a lot of your secret sauce is, is having been able to build such a cost-effective team. $13,000 per month in the U.S. buys you like a single engineer, but here you have a team of 13. Sure. So you're obviously doing yeah. something right on that front. Um, the secret that I learned is... Um... Well, what to do is the goal of reaching 4.3 ARR is a team goal. And for most of our senior engineers and for salespeople, we, uh, it's something I also learned from MailChimp. Uh, mm. is they didn't give out any equity to the early employees because they never had in mind to sell. On the other hand, uh, we start off with the mind to, you know, to, to exit at this particular ARR. So all these early employees, what I offer them is offer them an equity plan and say, okay, this is something that we have to reach it into it and make sure that you get at least this much money at the end of two years. So don't make mm. it for the company business, but make it as a personal goal. I want you to reach, you know, for example, $1 million of, you know, a, a lucky money of a lottery ticket you know, at the end of two years. So work towards it. And the people are, you know, really dedicated. They, they like this goal. Um, 
So they're working towards it. So they don't mind, you know, the minor pay that is coming through as long as the rates mm-hmm. actually go. So everyone's um, on the same page. Everybody's thinking long term. Um, yeah. And everybody's working to the same goal. For sure. And we also offer success fees. So every time, you know, the sellers on board and we get, you know, uh, sellers on board, we, we increase our revenue. A part of it is just like dividends. You know, we pay out to all the employees. So the base pay is, of course, low, but they get money depending on how many customers sign up. Are you fully bootstrapped to this point? How did, how did you have the capital to start this? Uh, we, you know, we had a bit of a capital to start with. Um, we are almost, you know, uh, bootstrapped because we went through an accelerator. Uh, we got around mm-hmm. 10K or 12K to start off it, which, you know, I blew it on the wrong things. Uh, so you can say almost 100% of it is bootstrapped. We are not VC fundable per se, because this business is not something that VCs would be interested in. Um, why do you say that? It, it's, a, it's a different kind of business. You know, it's like um, PPC automation, just exclusive for Amazon. So for what I've seen, you know, none of the VCs are interested in this field. We, uh, we applied to YC. That was really the saddest, you know, rejection that I got. Uh, mm. was, uh, they, they sent an email saying that, you know, you will be valued at max 150 million. So this is not something we're looking at. We're looking to reach a valuation of 1 billion, uh, mm-hmm. which they are right. You know, like we, we could probably n- never reach a valuation of 1 billion. And, and I'm not trying to reach a valuation of 1 billion. So for me, 150 million is, is the target. Um, all right, Ganesh. Uh, yeah. We're talking about AIHello.com. Any parting words for us? Uh, yep. Yeah, I love the, you know, the 100 in 100 challenge. And I hope, you know, you have one more challenge coming up. Uh, I'm excited to take part in it. And I love what you're doing for the community. You know, it's, uh, it's something similar to what we do for Amazon sellers. You're doing for the indie hackers. Always happy to be part of it. Anywhere you need help, I'm happy to help you. Right on. Um, yeah, keep a lookout for that. If you're not on the Indie Worldwide community Slack yet, it's IndieWorldwide.co. Um, um, Ganesh, thanks for coming on. You're killing it, man. I uh, can't wait to see you in two years hit that $150 million valuation sell. Um, and then you can fund all the other indie hackers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one.